podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala smart oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala smart oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. We are here for the live pre-match coverage. We will be with you for the half-hour build-up. I'm Paul John Dykes, and I'm joined today from Hungary by Kevin McCluskey. Welcome back. Always an absolute pleasure, Kevin, to have you on the show. Someone was saying that you're getting the most improved Axon contributor of the year award. Um, who? <laughs> well, today of all days against Ross County, the most improved Celt of the year. We need to be Tony Ralston. He's back in the team and he's the man that scored the 97th minute winner last time we were at Dingwall. Um, that's the big change. We knew it was coming. But we probably, or some of us, probably expected Jack Amakis to start today. Let's run through the team. Any big surprises in there for you? No, not really. Um, I was just more concerned whether the likes of Taylor and Carter Vickers would make it after their injuries. So pleased to see that they're both in the team. But uh, looking elsewhere, no no big surprises for me. Again, probably, as you said, Jackie Marcus might have been the one to come in. But it's a toss-up, I think, between him and Kyogo. So it's good to have that option on the bench either way. I definitely is. Now, uh, what we'll do is I'll run through both both sides uh, first and foremost, and then we'll have a wee dig into the Celtic lineup. Uh, some of the options, actually, that it gives us on the bench. And then uh, we'll have a look at some of the other some of the other questions that are coming from our, our um, audience who have been patiently waiting. We had about 100 waiting there just before we went live. Welcome all. Uh, you're watching on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch and Twitter. 
and you're commenting on all those platforms. If you are watching on the YouTube channel, make sure that you give us a wee subscribe and a notification as well. Um, now, we've got Joe Hart, Tony Ralston, Greg Taylor, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Carol Starfield, Callum McGregor, Rio Atati, Matt O'Reilly, Jota, uh, Dyson Maeda, and of course, Kyogo Furuhashi um, is starting there for, I think, the first time since December. On the bench, we have Bain, Scales, remember him? Yakamakis, Abada, Turnbull, McCarthy, Rogic, Forrest and Welsh. No beat on and dropping out of the squad from last weekend's game, Mikey Johnson, Idiguchi and Chris Julian. How telling will that be? We will discuss it. We'll also give you the Ross County team, managed of course by an XL, Malky Mackay and they line up as follows. Laidlaw, Randall, Vokins, Harry Payton, Spittle, Callaghan, Watson, Ayakaviti, Charles Cook, Tilson and White. Uh, and I think when we look at the game, one of the interesting things yesterday from the presser, um, we always listen to these press conferences, and Postacoglu is always good fair, isn't he, Kevin? And one of the big things is the, the line of questioning always goes back to this game at Dingwall, how we apparently struggled to win the game. I mean, it was at the death, everybody knows it was. And Ange put them right. He says, you know, we've played Ross County since then. So you can focus on that game, but I'd much rather focus on how well we played against them at home and how dominant we were against them at home. Um, again, Ange, he just doesn't take any nonsense in these pressers or, or from anyone, does he? No, he doesn't. He's brilliant to listen to because he just puts everyone in their place every time. And he does it in, in such a way that he's not being condescending to anyone. He's just telling it how it is. He's, he's quite right, you know. We can talk about the last game up at Dingwall because it's it's relevant in the fact that we're going back. But, oh, we have a guest. <laughs> they start early, they start young, Kevin. They start young. Um, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised they didn't uh, do anything rude there on the screen as soon as they realised we were live. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the big thing with, with Ange, like last season, and I'm not... I'm not wanting to drag up all the past because I'm I'm very positive uh, where we are, but it was almost, you know, you, you barely wanted to hear another excuse. But this season, every time Ange comes on, um, I, I sometimes feel with regards to the, the pressers, and it's a difficult one. I totally get it, right? But we are now um, invited on a rot rotational basis as Axon into the press conferences so they don't separate it now and at the end of uh, the Greg Taylor and at the end of the Ange Postacoglu interviews we're given a chance to ask a few questions so Tony represented Axon yesterday and so we listened to the audio all the way through and sometimes he, he just feels as though he's answered maybe the same question time and time again reworded and then Tony goes in and just throws him a few curveballs, which is brilliant because he asked him about Ferenc Puskas and and uh, all that kind of stuff as well. And I think the Proclaimers uh, came up the other week there as well. But I, I just think that the, the thing with Ange is, regardless of what happens, he will we will play Ange's game. <laughs> the reason the reason I'm bringing it up is he keeps getting asked about anxieties. Um, I'm referring also to. The, the bottle crashing, apparently. I don't know if you read that yesterday. And all Ange says is we approach every single game the same way. So we could be coming in after uh, a derby defeat, after getting knocked out of the cup, or we could be coming in after beating St. Johnson 7-0. Regardless of that, we will still approach today's game the same way. And I don't know how many times he needs to say that. Um, but it's refreshing when we get somebody like Tony in just to add a bit of colour to these, to these pressers. Aye, it is. 
It must be tough for Ange because they, it's the same question. It's just reworded every single time. It's somebody that's looking for a story that's not there and a reaction that they're not going to get. So, I, if you're Ange, I think you're probably looking forward to a Tony or, or any of the other fan media guys coming in and just asking a, a question that's actually relevant to what we as Celtic fans want to hear. The, what do you think about the Hungarian link, though? Uh, the Puskas link? I know we go on about it quite a bit on Axel. Yeah. I love it. You're over there. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. You know, for me being over here, it gives... Um, it's one of those things that... And we've had Boton on the show as well, who's now aware of the link between Ange and Puskas and, and all that. And it, it brings that different element. It opens mm. the club up again to kind of a different audience. You know, Celtic's a big club in Hungary anyway. When I first came here and started going to a few Ferenc Varos games, you know, you'd be, be getting questions, what's a Scottishman doing here? What team do you support? You say Celtic, and I was in straight away. You know, mm-hmm. people know the club, but now there's that extra link. Uh, I'm being asked a lot more questions about Celtic, about uh, Postacoglu, how he's getting on, and you see that link with Pushkash. It's, it really just broadens the horizons of the club uh, around the world. No, it does. And I love it. And you know what? We're going to continue to go on about it. Um, I'm really keen to get as many of you involved um, because obviously we've had special guests in the studio. So why not get the uh, the commenters involved in the sesh as well? Gigi, welcome to the show you're watching on YouTube. Get your Starfelt scorer bets on now. This is a day. I've been saying it every week, I think, that this is the day for Starfelt to open his uh, goal-scoring account. I think at any point between now and the end of the season, though, Kev, if he scores a goal, it's likely to be an important one. I'd love to see him scoring today. Came in for a wee bit of criticism the last time he played in Dingwall. Um, So, yeah, it would be great to see him opening the scoring or scoring the winning today. Jungle Lion, welcome back. This is something I do want to speak about because, you know, there's a few players who appeared on the bench against Rangers... Um, I'm thinking about Julien, uh, and specifically, uh, who's not. They're not in the. They're, they're probably in the squad, but they're not on the bench today. Uh, but back on the bench comes Scales, and obviously, it would appear that he is the like the third choice, you know, because um, when we look at the bench against Rangers, you've got Ralston, and we know that uh, Zhiranovic can flip over to the left. Welsh can flip to the right. You've got the cover there, but you are playing people not in their preferred positions. Uh, this time round, Scales is back in. He's back on the bench, but no sign of Julian. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty concerned actually about his future. Barkas, Soro, Ajeti, I'm kind of checked out with these guys. I think that their Celtic careers certainly are over. It's they're, they're not going to resurrect it. If they were going to, it was it was going to happen this season under Ange Postecoglou. You look at what he's done to people like Beaton and Ralston and, and Tommy Rogic and, and others. Uh, I, I mean, I throw Joe Hart into the mix as well because, you know, he was on his uppers when he came to Celtic. But it's interesting now that people are, are putting Julian's name into the same mix. How telling is it for you, Kevin, today that Julian is not on the bench? Yeah, I think it's curtains for Julian, to be honest. I don't know if you saw the game in midweek, the Celtic B team game. Um, I, I caught fleeting moments of it as I was supposed to be working that afternoon um, but he looked completely disinterested in the whole mm. thing, almost as if it was beneath them to be playing in a B-team game with what, 17, 18 year olds, when you'd be looking at him to be the inspirational leader in that game, he, yeah, didn't, definitely. Look he, was, he didn't look as if he was there mentally he didn't look as if he was like paying attention to the game at times he got yeah. caught cold a few times and that was his big chance I think to kind of 
show that he's still got what it takes to want to be here. I could be completely wrong, and maybe he does still want to be here, and he's, he'll turn it on if he gets back in the first team, but he's not doing enough for me to prove that he, he deserves a chance back in the team. I mean, you see that Scales has been picked above him to go on the bench. Yeah, probably because he's got that versatility of being mm. uh, potential to come on at left-back. If Taylor's struggling, if he's maybe still carrying his knock, you could argue that. But Welsh is there ahead of him. Welsh is definitely ahead of him now in the queue. So he's got a long way to go and a lot to prove, I think, if he's ever going to get back in as a first-team player. This is the thing, Kevin, because you know when he when he appears for the B team <clears throat> leading up to the the Rangers game, you think to yourself, is that because we might need? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have thought he was going to get thrown in, but we might need some kind of cover here. Um, uh, yeah, no, sorry, it was during the week, so you're thinking maybe Carter Vickers. We're going to need some cover because Carter Vickers maybe pulled up. It turns out that there's nothing wrong with him, so he plays that game, and then you start thinking, was it make or break? Did it come down to his approach on the day, his attitude, the way that um, he was able to integrate with 16 and 17-year-olds? Because there was a 16-year-old in the squad and a 17-year-old in the squad. Um, and I used the the uh, example during the week there that Marvin Comper went in and, and play, played that kind of leader's role when we were playing the games up at Capelo. And I know uh, one of our contributors watched the games and didn't rate him, by the way, but, you know, the way that he approached the game, Kevin, was was professional um, and he was using the, the kind of senior pro status to try and help the youngsters round about him. Um, it is difficult for footballers. I think if somebody's checked out, you know, it's so difficult to get them kind of back on track. Um, I look at his age, 29 years of age, you know, and, um, you know, he's got a year left on his contract. Will the club take a so-called nominal fee for a guy who have paid seven million quid for? Probably. Uh, in the summer, that that would probably be the the way to go, um, and I think that um, just as we get another uh, guest appearance here, the other the other big one is that Beaton isn't on the bench. What do you make of that? Because apparently he's not injured, according to look at this, according to Postecoglou. Near Beaton, I am surprised at that one. If there's nothing wrong with Beaton, if he's not injured, then I can't really see a reason why he wouldn't be there, unless there's something else that's going on behind the scenes. Maybe there is a, a COVID case and it's just it's not being classed as an injury. Um, but for me, if, if Beton's fit, I would definitely have him in the squad, especially for these games, because I feel you need his kind of presence going up to some place like Dingwall, where it's going to be a physical game. He could be a, you know, a good player to have off the bench to come on if needs be. Five bars. He's winding me up like a lot of people would like to, I think, uh, Kev. <laughs> but there you go. And, uh, yeah, I think that the, the thing we beat on, the, the first question that's always asked at the press conferences is give us an update on the injuries. Um, and, you know, beat on was not included in that. And I, and I think that, uh, that that's a bit of a worry because clearly maybe it's illness. You know, maybe maybe he's ill. Maybe that's why he's missing the games. Uh, but I think with, with Beaton, the much maligned Beaton, I've got to say that in a game like last week, he would have been brilliant. He'd have been brilliant to come off the bench and just to, to you know steady that midfield. Yeah, he would have been, and that's exactly the role he's done for us in the last couple of months. He's been the player that's come on in big games. He's maybe just come on for the last half hour, but he's been the steady and influence, or he's been the player. I think it was Dundee was the game at Parkhead when we were needing a goal. Mm-hmm. And he came on, did the defensive midfield role that moved Cal Mack forward and we ended up winning the game. He's uh, He is much maligned, but this season he's, he's also been much improved. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a player that 
you know, I think he just does a lot of work that's not recognised by fans or by, by anyone at times because it's that kind of unseen work that he does or the, the, the simple stuff, the interception here and there, the pass out to the player that's going to create something. But he's um, He's been pivotal, in, in my opinion anyway, over the last couple of months. He's just wondering where his monster truck is. Right, so uh, the other thing I was going to, to bring up as well is Hatate. He has spoken recently, Kevin, about the fact that uh, obviously there's been a huge transition for him um, coming into a different culture in, in Scotland, um, joining a, a scenario that I think Alan Morrison spoke really well about, the fact that um, in terms of the games that he's playing now, um, you know, even at his age, he's not accustomed to not only playing, you know, 40, 50 games a season, but doing so without the break. So he's coming in January without the, the break from his own domestic game over in Japan. And he spoke about it. And I guess I was thinking to myself, will he be rested? But then I thought back to what Anne said when he was asked about resting players. He says, I don't rest players. They get a rest in the pre-season. Um, and he's obviously sticking to that because, you know, the, the big question I was asking during the week, and I don't know the answer to this one, can O'Reilly and Rogic play in the same team? Um, because I, I was thinking perhaps Hatati would be rested uh, today and, and maybe if we could find a way or do you think that would be more shoehorning O'Reilly into a position that he won't flourish in? Yeah, in the few games that O'Reilly and Rogic have played in together, I don't think it's really worked. I think they're too similar. Um, they, they don't complement each other. They both want to do the same things. Um, and because they're both quite offensive players, <clears throat> when we lose the ball in a transition, we're then cut out and you've really only got McGregor kind of holding against the attacking midfield. So for me, it is a bit of shoehorning if you've got both of them in the team. I don't really think it works. There will probably be a game where they do play and it clicks and they're amazing, but for me, it hasn't worked so far. Um, if, for me, if we were going to take Hatati out, I would probably be looking at somebody like Turnbull to come in. Mm. Is that more steady influence, uh, a more natural kind of number eight player that would come in that frees O'Reilly up to be the number 10, the creative one of the three. Um, but, you know, Hatati's in the team and I think you've got to respect Postacoglu's decision to play him. You've also got to understand that Postacoglu will be working with these guys every day during the week. So he knows his physical status. Mm -hmm. He knows his mental status going into the game. I don't think he's going to risk him if he's not physically or mentally prepared and ready to play the game. Um, we've got five subs, so maybe the thinking is let's go out strongest 11 for the first hour, get the game done, get it won, and then look to the bench and take him off. And we've got options there that can come on. We've got McCarthy, we've got Turnbull, Rogic is there. So he's not. it's not like we've only got the three subs now, but there's a higher chance he has to play the full 90 minutes if we can get the game done early enough he can come off and get his rest then and then he's ready to go for the, the game next week You mentioned McCarthy and I'm just looking at this um, from Michael89 coming in on YouTube add McCarthy into the group the group he's talking about is the one Jungle Lion um, brought up on on the comments earlier on the, the kind of high earning players who are not really contributing and you know McCarthy hasn't had a run you know, give him that. He's not had a run in the team, but he really hasn't contributed. Where do you see his future at Celtic, Kevin? Ah, uh, McCarthy's a tough one, isn't it? Because I don't think he was uh, particularly an Ange signing. And we, we thought that about Joe Hart at the same time as well. And whether he was or he wasn't, Joe Hart's turned out to be a great signing for us. 
McCarthy's always been on the fringes of things. Even when we were kind of down to the bare bones of players, he was never he was never really starting games. I don't remember the last time he did start a game. And probably someone can come in and tell me it was just a few weeks ago. But I don't remember him starting games. He's never really been the go-to player off the bench in midfield that has been uh, beat on. He's been the go-to. And now that Turnbull's back, I'm presuming he'll be more of the go-to player over McCarthy. So he seems like he was a strange signing. He's not really, as you say, been involved and done much. He has had his moments when he's come on, though. As I think it was it's Al Morrison who's kind of put him in as being part of the, was it, the special teams player that can mm. come on and close a game out. So he does have his use, but he's definitely not been a player that we've turned to very much this season. They'll probably strengthen again over the summer. We've still got Gucci to come into that position as well. Yeah, I don't yeah. see him having a big future, really. And if he is on a big wage, he's the type of player that we, we might be looking to move on. Well, unfortunately, he came to us about five years too late. If we could have got him earlier in his career, he'd have been a fantastic midfielder for Celtic. See, the thing with him, he, he was one of the players that uh, I think that we always wanted him at Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say we, the royal we. I can't say yeah, we I, as in the, the millions of Celtic I mean, fans. But Celtic fans would have loved to have him at Celtic I, when he left Hamilton. Uh, but the, again... He's one of the players, he's in the category uh, of players that uh, we missed out on that, that, you know, it's not just hindsight. At the time, I remember wanting to sign him and it was the same with McGinn. It was the same with Fletcher to a lesser degree when he was at Hibs. <laughs> remember when he was at Hibs and there was interest from Real Madrid. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but these players that you, you kind of think they will be successful players for Celtic and it didn't, it didn't happen. I don't want Celtic to be like for every... You know, racehorse that's out to grass. I, I don't like that about Celtic. I don't want us just to be like a retirement home for guys who have got that wee itch and they want to scratch it and they want to wear the hoops and they want to play in a European game and that. And I don't think that's what McCarthy was uh, when he comes in. He's not, you know, it's not like as though he's 34, 35. But again, I stood up for him throughout the best part of this campaign and I just don't think he's been utilised often enough to justify the wages next season. But then again, we're in a situation, Kevin, where, you know, he's on a, a decent length of contract um, and it might be difficult to to offload him other than on loan. Uh, he's at an age when he needs to play, uh, 31 now. And I, I think that if there's going to be any movement with McCarthy, it's probably going to be a loan deal. And again, I think that probably hinges on Idiguchi and how he looks pre-season. So although I can see why some of the, the, the commenters are saying McCarthy would be on the list, um, and he may well be, I just don't think he's one of the certainties to be on that list um, to ship out and, and refresh the squad uh, come transfer window number three. Um, Ian McGinley, yeah, absolutely. Where would we be without them? I, I will throw in, though, that the first time I ever took the wee fella to Celtic Park, it was in one of these charity games and I was playing. So, you know, you obviously tell him at that age, two I think he was, that I play for Celtic, and he still believes it. Uh, uh, there you go. I'm going to be disappointing him in a few years' time when he realises that I'm just uh, an old oh. codger. Um, absolutely. Now, with regards to Kyogo then, let's talk about Kyogo. He is an absolute um, steal, I think, you know, for the price that we paid for him. But this season, he's had two periods out through injury. Uh, when he came back in against St. Johnston, there was that moment between him and Maeda and you think to yourself, wow, 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, telepathic almost in its style. Um, but then against uh, Rangers, it, it looked as though he'd ran his race after 10, 15 minutes. Um, and you can't really blame him because he's just, he didn't look fit enough. Yet he starts. I think a lot of us were expecting Yakamakis to start. Um, you know, what's Angie's thinking here? He, he needs to get minutes in Kyogo's like He needs to give Kyogo, do you think, maybe 60 minutes as part of his recuperation? Or is it a case of um, Yakamakis is a secret weapon if we need him? Yeah, uh, could be could be one of many things on that one. Could have been a toss-up between Kyogo and Yakamakis because, again, we can only speculate on the fitness levels of both the players. Um, I don't know how fit Yakamakis is, if he would have been fit enough to start and play the full game. Same with Kyogo. Don't know how long he can last. But I don't know. I just I like the look of that front three. So maybe there's something in that because there's a lot of movement there. You've got Jota who can play left or right. You've got Maeda who I think could feasibly play anywhere along the front three, although mm-hmm. better left than centre. Same with Kyogo. You could put him pretty much anywhere across the front three. So there's maybe just the thinking of we've got the movement uh, that can disrupt the Ross County backline. They might be expecting Jack Amakis to play, given how well he did against them the last time. But now we're giving them a completely different threat to think about. Uh, so, I mean, that might be it. You know, it, it's how it's how Andy's thinking about he's going to play the game. And yeah, Jack Amakis off the bench. What a weapon to have to come on if it's not going right. Oh, it definitely is. Um, the DJ choice. I'm bringing this up because I mean, yeah, Idiguchi has been fairly anonymous, and I think that. Obviously, he suffered from his debut with regards to welcome to Scotland. I'm just going to kick you off the park, right? Because that's what happened. There was no two ways about it. I know that when people look at the um, the McGregor incident, some people think that you know it was mistimed, it was clumsy, etc. But there was no doubt about the tackle on Idiguchi. It was just a dreadful tackle. Um, so I'm expecting big things from from him next season. Uh, perhaps we're giving McCarthy a, a hard time, but maybe that's down to the fact that we know McCarthy a lot better. You know, we've seen him yeah, as a player at Hamilton. We've seen him being a success down south with Everton and Wigan and Crystal Palace on an international level with Ireland. Um, and maybe that's what it is. We're possibly giving him a hard time. He's come in. Um, with a calibre, he's coming with a reputation, I guess. Um, and that's maybe why. But again, I think it would be difficult actually to, to move him on. And I agree with Pat, it is going to be a very interesting one. But I tell you what, um, I'm guessing that Ange Postacoglu, the way he does business, Kevin, he's already got this in place almost in his own head. That plan will be in place. There will be no repeat of last season where we're going into a, a big game like the Michelin game. And we, we really, you know, we don't have the squad in place yet. He will have um, all all the, the, the boxes ticked by the time we kick a ball next season, I am sure. Is that the impression that Ange gives you? Absolutely, 100%. And we saw it with the January transfer window. He knew exactly the, the players that he wanted to get in and we'd signed them all by the 3rd of January, pretty much. So Ange comes across to me as being a guy that's very meticulous in his approach. And you can see that in, in the way that he sets the team up for the games. He has his style, but then he will make little tweaks game by game, just depending on the opposition. And I think he's doing the same thing in the transfer market. He's always looking at the squad and the team and where it needs to be strengthened. And he'll be, if it's not him himself, the recruitment department will be out there looking at players uh, with the you know, the skill sets that he's identified. Um, I, I'd, I'd be thinking first month of the summer, 
we'll be making early moves and we'll have the team in place. Carter Vickers, hopefully, the first one, get him signed mm-hmm. up before the end of the season. Yeah. And then we, then for the first time in God knows how long, we would have a defensive partnership going into the Champions League or European qualifiers, uh, which would just be kind of unheard of for us. So I, I think he's definitely a guy that he's forward thinking, he's forward mm-hmm. planning. And, you know, he's, he's eyeing the moment, but he'll have half an eye on what's going to happen in the summer. And those those steps will already be in progress. Yeah, I love the, the fact that he seems like one of these obsessive managers, you know, where people are, are asking him questions about various things and um, he's not really interested in anything other than preparing for the next game. And I, tr- I totally believe him. It's not as though he's just playing mind games, you know. Um, I know that, uh, you know, initially he comes over himself, he then waits for his family to join him. But I, I just think he's an obsessive manager who's thinking about, um, you know, things way ahead his schedule. He's thinking about his plans for next season. And when we look at the um, prediction coming in from Jonathan Brown, Kyogo to get a double and Jota to get a goal. The other thing I guess might have been the flip of coin, I'm not so sure, would have been whether or not to include Jota or Abada. Abada, mm-hmm. if you look at the, the season that he's had, the age that he is, um, he's been a revelation. I mean, even if there's maybe been a wee dip in form. You probably expect that anyway, Kevin. But over the piece, he's been an absolute steal for the money we paid for him. It comes back into the game against Rangers. Didn't have his best game. Goes off probably with a, a niggle. That's maybe why he's not been picked from the start. But at the same time, you know, there are, there's some concerns around the performances of Jota. Uh, do you think you agree with the, the wingers, the choice of wingers today, and Abada being on the bench? Um. Yes, I do. I do agree with the choice of wingers because uh, as much as Jota's form has dipped of late, I still think he's one of those players that's that's got something about him. He's got a flick, he's got a trick, he's got that ability to just pull something out of the hat when we need it. Um, but he has, he has gone off form in the last month or so or since he came back from injury, if you want to go back even further. He hasn't quite been the player that we saw in the first five, six months of the season. But, you know, I'm a fan, so I'm going to mm. pick him up with the choice. I do like Abada, and again, he's just another great option to have off the bench that we didn't have before. He's a guy that's come in from Israel that, to, let's be honest, none of us had heard of him before. And we're thinking, but we spent $4 million on him, that's that's a gamble. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been. You know, if if we were to sell him, which obviously I hope we don't in the summer, you're doubling or tripling your money on him off the back of this season. He's been that good and he's got the potential to only get better. And again, same as with Jack and Marcus, what an option to have off the bench if it's just not going right for us or we need to change it about somehow. If you're a Ross County defender, you don't want to see a batter getting ready to come on with 20, 25 minutes to go. No, you're right. By the way, and I hope it... You can't help yourself because we've seen it so many times. I hope we do have a good uh, Champions League run next next season. Um, but on, in the back of mind, you're always thinking of the you know the interest that you're going to get in players like Abada, Carter Vickers if he's a permanent player, Kyogo. You know that's always rattling about in your back of your mind, which is unusual. You know because it affects you a wee, but you still want it to be a success. So Tommy R, I'm going to bring this up just for the, the sake of the balance, really. And isn't beyond criticism. He has made mistakes this season. His substitutions. Um, the weekend were poor. I thought the initial um, double substitution, bringing on O'Reilly and Hugo, I thought that was the that was the match winner. We then scored the goal. We almost scored a second goal, and I'm thinking that's the match winner. What a move that is! 
obviously we draw the game, it goes to extra time. And then when you look at the, the substitutions he makes, Welsh is, is forced. But, you know, Turnbull was a first pick under Ange until he gets injured against um, Hibs. Yeah. Uh, in the final uh, and uh, you're probably expecting a wee bit more from Forrest so they, they turned out virtue of the bad performances to be the wrong the wrong picks but I think on any other day you bring on Turnbull and Forrest and they, they could change the game for you so I don't know if it's harsh Tommy but I agree you know no one is beyond criticism Kevin um, the, the game's about to kick off You've been joined. We've been joined today, Kevin, with uh, Paul Junior. So thank you to the wee fella. Uh, thanks everybody for getting involved. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Hopefully, after today, we'll be talking about four games with one win to go to win this league. Kevin and I will be back at halftime. Enjoy the first half, um, and thank you for joining us on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.